What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah. Noah, what is cooking, baby? How we feeling? Give me a rundown. Hey, you know, I just want to say congrats to you, first and foremost, Colin. You got your first dub this week in the points league. Let's go, Colin. Let's, Let's go, go, Colin. Colin. <clears throat> Super stoked. Let's get it. You know, Noah, here's what I got to say. I, I I put it into sixth gear this week. You know, sports is it's an entertainment business. That's what it's all about. It's about entertaining. And I wanted to be an entertaining source. The Cleveland Browns, you know, they didn't make the playoffs by going 16-0. and They're not fun to root for because they win every week. They're fun to root for because sometimes they shit the bed, and they shit the bed hard. And so I took that approach. I shit the bed five weeks in a row, but that sixth week, I came in. I knew I had to win. I got a killer mentality. I, I just I put it into effect. I was like, I'm going to be a killer. I'm going to kill Brandon Stevenson. Let's go. I, there was no way I was going to walk into this week and lose. And it didn't happen because I'm better than Brandon is it, at everything, not just fantasy. I knew that I was a better person, a better human being, so I beat him in fantasy basketball, and it's simple as that. Road to the playoffs starts now, dude. One in five, you're going to turn it all basically, around. Yeah, I mean, lock me in. But I, uh, my condolences because you caught my disease. I, I don't know what we should call it, but you scored the second most points in the week and lost again yeah. and that had happened to me the two prior weeks what's up well it's actually happened to me in two of my three losses now pretty tough um you know i used all seven acquisitions this week um i really just lost on the low volume days i was playing mr simon barnhill and yeah. on tuesday and thursday he had the same four guys play while i was trying to scrap together um getting lineups to compete with him and it was just really tough um so that's why these waiver wires are so important when you're on these super low volume days it's where the weeks are really won and lost honestly no seriously and no i mean that's such a short end of the stick too when you know that the guy you're playing just inherently has the most opportune schedule matchups like, his superstars hit the days that need to be hit because, yeah, I had two days this week where I couldn't make an acquisition because I was totally flooded. Like, every single player on my team was playing that day, and so I had guys on the bench that were playing, and there's nothing worse than that. Yeah, he got really crazy performances. He got 120 out of Ennis Cantor this week, 122 out of Surge, and 120 out of P.J. Washington. Oh my so, God. you know, I got to give it to Simon. He has a pretty good team. He scored the most this week, and he has not had Cat either, yeah, which was his first-round pick. That's so, you know, it, yeah. props I mean, to Mr. Barnholio. But uh, I'm still I'm still looking pretty good in the points league. I think I have the third most points scored this season. Um, yeah. I'm going to bounce back. I have, I have Kevin Love coming back soon. Um, I picked up Cody Zeller and Derek White this week. Um, so I'm feeling good That's about big. those pickups. And yeah, I'll yeah, see my, him in the playoffs. My, I'll see him in the playoffs. My Wayne Allington pick from last week, aside from last night's game, has been was a massive hit. I mean, he had how many? He had five thirty-point games in a row. We I mean, that's, take that. That's solid for a guy who was like five percent rostered last week. That is amazing. He was four, he was four percent rostered. I and, hope you guys got yeah. in on the Wayne Allington train. I really hope you guys did. And no, is the the Wayne Ellington train isn't over per se, but Wayne Ellington did not score a single point in last yeah. night's game against. The I mean, Warriors. not everyone plays not amazing like every shots. night, so I yeah, still think he's but... worth. Um, I still think he's worth looking at keeping. Uh, I think he has like yeah. maybe rest of season value, honestly, with how the yeah. Pistons are in their rotation right now. Quite possibly, but. Let's real talk. What are the odds that one bad game from Wayne Ellington is just it? Like that's that that's totally not, could you know, be Wayne true. Wayne Ellington had his ten games, was shooting fifty five percent from three, looked like Jesus from deep, and and that's it. Now he's done. Now he's gone. See you, Wayne. Maybe in five years he'll do the same thing again. For, hey, you know, if it's know, over, it's over. It was a beautiful ride while while it was happening, though. 
Yeah, can we just talk about uh, Wayne Ellington? There's something very pristine about that name. I feel as though if I were to be invited to a very fancy dinner party with uh, the the absolute upper class of society, I would see a couple Wayne Ellingtons at that dinner party. I like adding Mr. in front of his name. The Mr. really ties it all together. I mean, yeah, I feel like I should be licking this man's boots now. Like that Mr. Wayne Ellington? No, come on. That sounds like a guy that could buy me. Yeah, that sounds like a guy who's pretty pissed off at Reddit right now. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Um... Uh, categories. Let's, let's touch on our categories leagues. I'm kind of getting my my ass handed to me this week. I'm pretty pretty sad about it because I thought that my team gave a pretty good performance. I thought my mat my waiver pickups were were decent, but yeah, I just couldn't get it done. Uh, the Bulls only having one game this week really hurt because I have Otto and Zach Levine, and James Harden sitting out uh, tonight did not help me. So I'm gonna go like three and six hopefully. Oof. Yeah, tough stuff. Tough stuff, but uh, you know, I'll be. I think I'll be one game above five hundred, so I yeah, I can make it back, especially with Brandon, who for those that aren't familiar with our league, he the uh, two people in first place in both the divisions are playing each other, and one of them is absolutely kicking the uh, living shit out of the other. I'm pulling up the scoreboard right now, but last I looked. The one guy was up like eight to one. Uh, yeah, so that that gives me a little bit of life. Yeah, he's up eight to one. So, you know, that helps me out at least. You know, wasn't wasn't the worst performance. What about you? How'd you do in categories? Um, I finally had my like first winning week against former um oh. podcast guest Ryan Coleman. Uh, I'm gonna beat him seven to two this week. Um, one of my That's teams, huge. one of my team's main problems really was field goal percentage, because I have guys like Devonte Graham shooting thirty six percent. R.J. Barrett was shooting under fifty percent until uh, this week, and I, I had to counteract that. Um, I had to pick up like guys like Cody Zeller and Ennis Cantor, um, guys who are only getting mm-hmm. shots really right at the rim, so they're shooting really good percentages. And I yeah. kind of, um, I kind of figured that out. I shot fifty one percent from field goal this week which I think is good enough to win um, most of these matchups this week. Um, I'm looking through it right now, and I actually shot the highest field goal percentage this week, which is really my team's That's only huge. front. Um, in the rest of the categories, I'm currently top three in the league in rebounds and assists. So if I can figure field goal percentage out, I have a good chance of winning field goal, rebounds, assists, and points every week. Um, my team's really lacking in steals and blocks, but that's kind of hard to yeah. find guys who are going to get you max amount of those at this point. So I'm more just um, relying on the waiver wire for that. But I'm going to, after this week, I'm going to be two games under 500. Um, you know, looking to make a, mm-hmm. looking to make a run. So I'm feeling yeah, good. Yeah, let's see it. Yeah, and as, as we spoke, I'm actually up to four and five this week. I took rebounds and turnovers back since we last looked like 20 minutes ago. So four and five. Hopefully I can hang on. Uh, I just need Dwight to keep gobbling him up and for Brad Beal to not turn the ball over a shit ton. It could happen. I don't know. I don't know. Alrighty, should we get into some schedule analysis? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Alright, if you've if you've been oh. listening, you, you know how we do this. You okay, know, um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Down. Breaking development. I'm only down six in fantasy in points league now. It's 1330 no to 1324. What? What happened? Wait, who? somebody has to be going off for you then, right? Um, Jeff Green has 30 fantasy points, Jeremy Lamb has 30 fantasy points, and Kyrie has 24 right now. Hot damn. So, realistically, like, what are your actual odds of winning this now? Because he still has So, Brad he has Beal. Brad Beal at the end of the third, and Seth Curry at almost the end of the third. Yeah, the and all of my guys are at the end of the third right now. So, it actually comes down to this fourth quarter. Oh, this is actually huge. You could definitely do this. So, I'll let you guys know at the end of the podcast episode, I guess, if we yeah. won or not. Brad's <sighs> cold. Through three quarters, he has 17 and a half points. Let's go. Oh. All right, let's get into the schedule now since I'm so Okay, hard. okay, okay. That's huge, though. That's huge. That's huge. That's big. That's big. All righty. All right, as I was saying, those of you that have been rocking with us, you know how we do this. So we're going to break down teams of four games, teams of three games. And no, I don't think at the moment there have been any cancellations because of COVID this week, which is actually huge. 
Yeah, one of the it'll be a long time. Yeah, it's been a while since we've seen um everyone get to play their games in a week. I'm hoping it goes through. Yeah. What yeah, what voice are you? Like Memphis. What voice are you hitting us with this week when you read off these teams? Dude, I don't I don't know. I like I like the NPR thing. It, it's fun to do, but do, like if you have suggestions, like I'll do something else. No, like, do, the, do, the NPR do the NPR. The, yeah, for the four games. I'll do the NPR for the four games, and then for the three games, I don't know. Think of something while I do the NPR, and and uh, you know I'll I'll try to get try to get jiggy with it. Alrighty, everybody. For teams in the NBA with uh, four games this week, we have the Atlanta Hawks, the Boston Celtics, the Charlotte Hornets, my Chicago Bulls, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Dallas Mavericks, Detroit Pistons, Houston Rockets, the Indiana Pacers, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Miami Heat, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the New Orleans Pelicans, the New York Knicks, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Phoenix Suns, the Portland Trailblazers, the Sacramento Kings, the Utah Jazz, and the Washington Wizards. Thank you for listening to NBA NPR. I enjoyed that. I, I There's something about it. It's cathartic. It's refreshing. I, I feel very at ease with the world, but... uh. Oh, I hope you guys liked it. No, what uh, what am I doing for these three games? You had t- you had time to think. There was a good forty five seconds there. Um, can you do your best British accent? I will try. Give me a minute. Mm, oh, okay. This week? Oh, that's I was gonna go like Australian. Oh, dude, British accent, British, British. Oh, yes, yes, very quiet, very British, very posh. <laughs> All right, uh, this week with three games, we have the Brooklyn Nets, the Denver Nuggets, the Golden State Warriors, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Orlando Magic, the Philadelphia 76ers, the San Antonio Spurs, and the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> I was Australian. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I was just in my head. I didn't want to do English. I wanted to do Australian. I, you know, it clicked. <laughs> It clicked. I hadn't done English in a while, and Australian clicked, and I just wanted to do it, so we did that instead. I don't know. There's something about it. I, I actually improv in high school, so I'm really quirky. <laughs> I listen to a fantasy basketball podcast called Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, and it's done by a guy who's from Australia, and you actually sounded just like him. So I, I really enjoyed so I that. Actually, I listened. I listened to him this week, so that's probably why. <laughs> and the Australian just clicked. I was trying to get British in my head, and I could only hear Australian. And I was like, "All right, that's it. We're going Australian." Australian's uh, basically just like Southern British, though. It's like British no, that's exactly what it is. Slang. Yeah, well, yeah. So in my head, I just think of like how a like a person from California that's really into surfing would try to do a British accent, and you come out with an Australian accent. That's all that happens. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God, that was fun. That was fun. I like that. All right, you're gonna have to let, let's make that a thing every week. You know, I'll do the NPR voice, and then you're gonna have to hit me with a, a voice that I have to do for the three games. We're gonna make that a thing. Oh, we're making things on the podcast. I love it. Beautiful. Uh, you want me to get right. into the number of teams playing yeah, each yeah, day? Yeah, this yeah. Week? yeah. So um, this week on Monday we have twenty teams playing. On Tuesday we have twelve teams playing. On Wednesday we have twenty teams playing. On Thursday, we have 10 teams playing. On Friday, we have 18 teams playing. On Saturday, we have 22 teams playing. And on Sunday, we have 10 teams playing. So um, this is like the third week in a row, Colin, where Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday have been the low-volume um, game days. This mm-hmm. week. And it's um, it's really it really makes the waiver wire super important um, mm-hmm. when you only have six teams or less playing on these days. And, like, the selection of players that you're going to want on your waiver wire just gets dropped to really low. So it's always mm-hmm. important to know what days you're going to be wanting to plan for in the future. And um, with that being said, um, I want to get into what teams have back-to-backs this week, which is also yeah. a really important indicator of um, how you should be planning your team out for the whole week. Um, so on Monday, Tuesday, Detroit has a back-to-back, Memphis has a back-to-back, and Portland has a back-to-back. Um, so we may see a Blake Griffin and a Derrick Rose sit out one of those games. Um, on Tuesday, Wednesday, 
Boston has a back-to-back, so maybe no Kemba Walker. Um, the Pacers have a back-to-back. The Clippers have a back-to-back, and the Wizards have a back-to-back, so maybe no Russ Westbrook. And I think the Celtics actually did come out and say that Kemba Walker probably won't be playing um, in any back-to-backs for the rest of the year. So that's something yeah. really important to note if um, you are a Kemba Walker owner, which you are, Colin. How does that make you yeah, feel? Yeah, I am. A, yeah. No, it sucks. He scored like seven fantasy points the other night, but you, you just got to rock with it. I drafted him like 80th overall for the like for this reason, knowing that it would be a while before he was totally back to form. So I'm okay with it. He's He's looked pretty solid in the games that he's played. I mean, nothing spectacular, but 20 points a game. Yeah, and if if you know you have guys um like that on your team that may be sitting these back to backs out, like Kemba who said he's not not going to play a single back to back this year, um you really just have to plan ahead and get other guys who maybe have um, more games this week or have back to backs on the important days. So there's definitely a way to like combat that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I misspoke. He he had been close to. 20 points a game but then the other day he scored four points in 28 minutes and that that points per game really tanked but prior to that he had looked like a 20 point per game scorer so i mean i take it you know he, he's got to work through it but we're we're a third of the way less than a third of the way into the season at this point so i take it for what it is we still have the, the majority of the fantasies and fantasy season left at this point so i'm not too worried about it and if you're a Kemba walker owner i would not be too worried about it either yeah he's gonna make up for it in the games that he does play Mm -hmm. um so on wednesday thursday atlanta has a back-to-back dallas has a back-to-back houston has a back-to-back um so maybe no john wall maybe no vic maybe no demarcus cousins we don't really know with them yet um philadelphia has a back-to-back on Thursday, Friday, Utah is the only team with a back-to-back this week. Um, on Friday, Saturday, we have a lot of back-to-backs. Um, the Nets do, the Bulls do, the Cavs do, Detroit does. So you may get another Blake Griffin, Derrick Rose sit-out. That's really important to note that Detroit has two back-to-backs this week. So out of a potential yeah. four games, you might only be getting two if you have Blake Griffin or Derrick Rose. Um, yeah. Milwaukee has a back-to-back. Minnesota has a back-to-back. The Pelicans have a back-to-back. OKC has a back-to-back, so maybe Noah Horford. Um, Orlando has a back-to-back, and Toronto has a back-to-back. Um, getting into the weekend, there's not really that many. Um, on Saturday, Sunday, the Knicks and the Kings both have a back-to-back. And then on Sunday, Monday, Charlotte, um, Phoenix, and the Wizards all have a back-to-back. And that Sunday, Monday, um, those are pretty important um, back-to-backs to keep note of. Because being able to pick mm-hmm. someone up on Sunday and getting the value of their game on Monday for the new week is um pretty important, honestly. Yeah. And then no. get, yeah, so getting into the days with um six or fewer games, we already said Tuesday there's mm-hmm. six games, Thursdays there's five games, and Sundays there um also five games. So I kind of have a little teams to stream section. Um, so oh, Utah. Utah, just like last week, they play on all three of these low-volume days. So we're talking like guys like Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson, uh, Georges Niang, Derek Favors, all guys who might be available on your waiver wire. They're going to be super important, like mm-hmm. just like they were last week um, for this week. Um, Memphis, Portland, and the Warriors all play on Tuesday and Thursday. And then Boston, Indiana, the Clippers, and the Wizards all play on Tuesday and Sunday. So these are teams that you guys want to be thinking about, um, want to be planning to maybe fit players into your lineup. And if you do that, you'll just be one up on the people in your league that aren't thinking about this because they'll be struggling to find the guys to pick up on these low-volume days when you'll have them already sitting in your lineup. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. All right, so I actually I want to propose something to you and this isn't something that I think we've talked I don't think we've talked extensively about if at all but the idea of dropping two separate rostered guys in one week I did it a couple weeks is a week and it was when and would be 
worth like an actual roster spot because uh, he'd gone off for 50 and then he proceeded to like not score above 20 fantasy points like four straight games but luckily i lucked out and got wayne ellington in like a long-term spot i guess where do you see the value in taking a big time gamble to max out roster spots to like would you if it comes down to it so I, I think the exact situation was I ended up dropping Marvin Bagley uh to max out the waiver spots because I knew that I had two days where I was already maxed out in terms of who was playing on my team and that I wouldn't have to pick up anybody for those days do you think that's a decent strategy or do you think that in the long run, one week, uh, like the potential of winning or winning one week for the cost of a guy like Marvin Bagley, who you know is is he been an all star by by any sense of the word? No, but you know deserves a roster spot. How do you feel about that? Yeah, so um, you know, I think um, I think um, what comes with whenever you want to drop a guy like Marvin Bagley, you know. Um, you know the instant you mm-hmm. drop him, he will probably be picked up once he clear clears waivers because he's a little bit better than yeah. most of these guys on the waiver wire. And I think with that comes like this sense of guilt, you know? Like you feel bad when you see mm-hmm. someone else pick him up and he has a good game. It makes you feel like a piece of shit, yeah. honestly. But I think if you need to win that week, um, you have to do what you have to do. In the grand scheme of things, well, is you dropping Marvin Bagley going to be the reason you win or lose um, the league? No, the reason you win no. or lose the league is because going to be because of the guys that you're picking up and dropping like multiple times in a season. Mm-hmm. So I, if you feel guilty about dropping a guy knowing that someone else in your league is like him, like I really just wouldn't because you're probably going to do that to someone else um, in the scope of the yeah. entire season. And if you think it's worth it, it probably is worth it. And if you get that win in a week, um, just having a game up is the difference between you making the playoffs and missing the playoffs. Yeah. So I wouldn't feel yeah, bad about I, it at all, honestly. And and so that was kind of what I wanted to get into was I think as the season progresses, you like there's going to be a guy on the waivers right now that is 1%, 2% rostered that will be worth a roster spot in three weeks. Who that is, we don't know, but injuries happen. COVID happens. Like, especially this year, you can find guys who are worth it for a week or two weeks at a time and then drop them for winning a week, you know? So, you know, I was, I kind of thought I almost wanted to do it with Otto Porter in categories, but categories is a little more difficult because it's, it's so much more abstract and there's a lot more that goes into a single individual's value than just here is a number that represents how good they are at fantasy basketball. So I opted not to do it, but a guy like Otto Porter who is dealing with some day-to-day stuff and hasn't had a good game in a while, like if you're holding on to him, I'd say I'd say drop him. I think he's going to sit out uh, a game or two this week. He's day-to-day right now. It's a back injury, so that's nothing that is is sexy, you know, it's not uh, you know, it, it's it's nothing you're going to come back through quickly, and it's not it's going to remain an issue. So I think that if there's a situation in which you could drop him to win a week for somebody else, go for it. Absolutely. Don't hold on to guys just because you have emotionally become attached to your team. It's kind of the, the point that I wanted to get at by bringing this all up. Yeah. With all that being said, though, um, so I'll give you an example for me, Colin. Um, okay. So... Um, I would say I drafted a pretty good team in the points league, and I think you would agree, honestly. Fair enough. Um, so right. I, I have a guy like Kevin Love, who maybe in the first week of games got hurt, and it was um, he was going to be out for three to five weeks. And to me, I knew my team was good. I knew I could probably hold out and make it through whatever his injury is. So does that come into your mind too? And when a guy is like past a certain like skill threshold for you? No, absolutely it does. I mean, there are guys that are just straight up worth it, you know, in my mind at least, right? Yeah. Do you disagree? 
No, I agree. That's why I held on to Kevin Love, and I almost yeah. made it through his entire injury. Yeah, I mean, I'm still hanging on to Jaron Jackson Jr. because, you know, and there's definitely like a, a sunk cost benefit analysis to it. Like, like at this point, like going back in the draft where I took him, like knowing how long he's been out, like no, I wouldn't have drafted him. But it's been six weeks for me to drop him at this point. Like it's it's so not worth it. Like it's so close to him being back, and like why would I drop him after all this time? You know, like the longer you yeah. hold on to a guy, like you want to reap the benefits. Then, like I've acquiesced to to where I've been. So, you know, alrighty. Do you want to get into the long term ads and guys to stream? Yeah, um, let's get into it. I got. I think I got some good guys this week. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just uh, to preface, we're, we're going to try this a little differently. Noah is going to give all the recs, and I'm just kind of going to ask questions, and we're going to try to make it a little bit more conversational than it's been in the past. So we're going to see how this goes. We're going to see how this goes. We'll see. If you if you hate it, let us know. Message us. Call us. Send us mail. Send us an Amazon gift package. I don't care. Just let us know if you really hate it. But if not, you know, keep listening. Let's get into it, Noah. Um, so my first guy is Gary Trent Jr., who is who is currently fifteen point two percent rostered in ESPN um, leagues. Um, he's seen a pretty increased role due to the injury of CJ McCollum, and CJ McCollum's still at least like three, two to three weeks um, away from coming back. So I do think um, Gary Trent Jr. Qualif- qualifies as a long-term pickup. Definitely. Um, over the last week. He's averaging 18.7 points on 4.73 pointers made a night on 48% field goal shooting. Um, he's also getting you one rebound a game and one steal in about 33 minutes a game. Um, he's their new starting shooting guard. And I think um, I'm getting like shades of a Wayne Ellington here, honestly. Like, I think Gary Trent Jr. is really hot. Um, the Blazers, like, teams are so focused on stopping Dame that Gary Trent Jr. does get these, like, open threes, um, which he has proven that he can hit. And I think if you need points and three-pointers made for a guy that's not going to hurt you in, like, turnovers or anything like that, um, I think he's a really good streaming option for this week. And I'm going to ride the wave while it's hot, honestly. That's, like, that's one of these most important things. You need to get in on these guys at the right time. Yeah, so just a couple of things that I sec there because I feel like you had a, a couple of backward backhanded jabs at me. Are you saying that Rod, the role that I thought that Rodney Hood, the destiny that Rodney Hood had in my mind, was actually usurped and manifested by Gary Trent Jr.? Is that yes, what you're saying? Sir. Because I came on this podcast and was adamant that Rodney Hood was going to be the new number two in Portland. And are you telling me I'm wrong? Yeah, you were pretty wrong, honestly. Um, I think Gary Trent Jr. is just a better player than Rodney Hood. Um, he shoots a I mean, he shoots a better three point percentage, and he um, he's an underrated defender. Um, if you haven't watched many Portland games, um, I'm a basketball nerd, so I love guys like Gary Trent Jr. Guys who are just play super hard on defense and they hit their shots on offense. That's literally all I want out of my backup too. And Gary Trent does exactly that, and he's getting 33 minutes a game. So he's getting all the opportunity in the world to hit these shots, and I think um, I think he could help you win this week. Yeah. As the, the next thing to get into is like, is the wave already peaking? Like you, like you say, ride the wave while it's hot. Like, is how high is the wave going to get? Like, is is this the most we're going to see out of Gary Trent Jr.? You know, twenty points a game, some really nice three point shooting. Not really much else. Maybe a steal here and there. Yeah, um, he may be at his ceiling in terms of stat production, but I think he can. I think his floor is like right below his ceiling. So I think he can get to that eighteen points on four threes made a game every night you have him play. You know, which yeah. is um, consistency is key, honestly. Yeah. And if he can get to that point on almost every game he's playing in, I think that makes him pretty valuable in terms of. Um, you picking him up and keeping him, at least for a while CJ's out. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So, like, who g- – give me a comparison for while CJ's out. Like, who do you think is, is a pretty comparable fantasy value 
to Gary Trent Jr.? Like, who would you say – like, like I'm thinking, like, give me a guy who's, like, you know, going to be rostered in, you know, at least, like, 70% of leagues because yeah. he's been putting up numbers. Like, give me a play style comparison, value comparison. Like, give me that so, like, that the listener can kind of say, I don't really know who Gary Trent Jr. is, but if you're telling me he plays like this guy, then, oh, yeah, I'll pick him up. Um, two guys kind of immediately come to mind and – they're both on the Miami Heat, and I get shades of Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, honestly. Um, if you told me Duncan – if you read um, Gary Trench Jr.'s stats off and said he hits 19 – or he gets 19 points a game and almost hits five threes a game, um, would you think this is Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson? Um, I could honestly be fooled it's either of them, but he's a better defender yeah. than both of them. That's a crazy thing. So – yeah, I really like Gary Trent Jr. All right. All right. I mean, you have me sold. And also, I just want to point out, you made a backhanded jab about how all these teams are trying so hard to guard Damian Lillard because you know that Damian Lillard hit that ridiculous buzzer beater three to beat my Chicago Bulls. Kind of an asshole move, dude. Will you Absolutely sniped him. Ah, dude, it's painful to watch. It's painful Guess to who watch. won that jump ball for the Blazers? Gary Trent Jr. That's all I got. I didn't want to guess. I didn't want to guess, so I'm glad that you said it instead of having me guess. All right, let's move on. The trouble is, ah, there's they're a stupid team anyway. A bunch of morons out there. Uh, who do you got next, Noah? So my next guy is a guy we've actually already talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, his name's Emmanuel Quickly. Um, I think we talked about him on like the 11th, uh, the like 11th yeah. of January, and at that time. He he had three games in a row where he had 29 minutes, 28 minutes, 22 minutes. And then he went on a little run where he played 21 minutes, 15 minutes, 11 minutes, and 17 minutes over like the course of a week where um, Alec Burks got back and Austin Rivers also got back. So we saw his minute production go down. But um, over these last four games, he's gotten back to where he was about two to three weeks ago. So in his last four games, he's got 27 minutes, 25 minutes, 23 minutes, and 24 minutes. Um, in those games, he dropped 25 points twice, 31 points, and six points, which he had a he kind of had a shitter of a game against the Jazz. But as we know, yeah. the Jazz are pretty good defensively. He dropped okay. 25 points on the Clippers today. Um, along with those points, he's getting you about three to four rebounds and assists a game. And what's most impressive is he hasn't had a game this season where he's had more than two turnovers. Um, two turnovers wow. is about his ceiling for um, what he'll get in a game. Which, from a rookie that's point guard, big. from a rookie point guard, that's huge. Usually, we see these um, rookie point guards come in and they have a really hard time adjusting the league, so their turnovers will be pretty high. But over his last four games in a points league, where I think he does will do better than as opposed to a categories league. He's dropped 34 fantasy points against the Clippers, 38 against Cleveland, and 44 against Portland. So I'm really – it's just um, – he's in a weird situation. And as his minutes have gone up every game, Colin, we've seen Alfred's, mm-hmm. Alfred Payton's minutes go down every game. So you can tell that Tom Thibodeau is starting to gain more trust in Emmanuel. But can I say with 100% confidence that Tom Thibodeau is – um willing to make Emmanuel quickly the starter? I don't really know because um, Thibodeau is like a hard guy to get a read on and he generally does mm-hmm. like playing his vets more. But I think quickly is a guy that is soon to be rostered in almost just about every league. He's currently only rostered in 15.9% of leagues. Um, and I'm really looking forward to his production. Um, he they played the Clippers today and he came up to Lou Will and was like, Hey, you're one of my fave players. Um, in the league. And after he said that, I kind of, I, it did click with me that he does play a lot like Lou will, but he's more athletic, a better defender and a better playmaker. So I'm really, I'm really liking this guy. I picked him up already in our league. So don't think about yeah. feeling it. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, yeah. So, I mean, you sound pretty high on this kid in, correct me if I'm wrong, but people were kind of shitting on this pick. I like, I remember because he was, not not um fantasy picks the draft pick the Knicks 
liked picking Emmanuel quickly because I remember reading some draft grades and seeing a lot of D's, D minuses about this pick. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome to see rookies, especially in a Tom Thibodeau team. You know, I've I've watched my fair share of Tom Thibodeau teams, believe it or not. Yeah, the rookies just are not really a thing in his system. I, I don't know what it is about him and his uh, – he kind of has a military mindset to me. You know, he's one of those guys, one, like, he looks like a fat old general. But other than that, the way he runs the team, I mean, the emphasis on defense, how hard you try and practice, it's really old school mentality. And I think that old school mentality lends itself to just you don't give rookies minutes, which I think is stupid. I mean, it is. Rookies deserve minutes if they deserve minutes. It shouldn't matter who they are, you know, when you are drafted. But. I mean, the Knicks have fallen off a little bit in, in terms of their production and their wins, so I think that as the season progresses, quickly only gets a bigger role because he's going to be a part of this franchise for, you know, at least the, the next couple of seasons, right? Yeah, I think um, I think the Knicks, you know, we do it to the Knicks. They kind of just get um, memed on, you know, like they're the yeah. Knicks. Um, and, you know, people didn't like this pick. You're like, oh, the Knicks taking another point guard. Um, one of the quips about Emmanuel quickly was that he wasn't that good of a three-point shooter. And, you know, the Knicks have already been down this route with Frank Nilakina, Dennis Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. You know, they've tried finding their point guard of the future. And I'm kind of glad to see this pick work out um, for both Emmanuel and the Knicks. And I'm hoping that Thibodeau eventually just realizes that Alfred Payton doesn't have a future with the Knicks and that this kid does. And I'm hoping he gets a starting minute soon because if he does, he will be worth rostering in just about every league. Damn. Damn. All right. Yeah. I. Uh, I. Yeah. We, we've talked about Emmanuel. I, I don't really have any other questions. I mean, his three point shooting actually it, it appears to be pretty darn decent. Yeah. From he, what yeah, I've he, seen. Yeah. He he showed that he can hit the three point in the NBA. Yeah. Which is really shooting good. Thirty eight percent on the year. That's I. Those are numbers that are solid. We take it, that, especially average. because they have R J Barrett and. Joyce Randall, they need someone to counteract that with good yeah. field goal percentage. No, I, I just uh, I want to hit pause really quick and, and tell you that with two minutes left, the 76ers are beating the Indiana Pacers 109 to 106. And this is important because earlier you told me in the third quarter when the Pacers were up 10 that it was a free win. And I, I'd just like to get your immediate thoughts on the, uh, the arising situation. Yeah, I'm looking at the box score of um, yesterday's Bulls and Blazers game. Yes, and it, yeah, it and seems like you know Dame it? seems like Dame hit a game winner on you guys off a jump ball won by Gary Trent Jr. With five, you guys were up Man. five with about 15 seconds left too. Actually, yeah, that I, I'm looking. That does appear to be what has ha- what has happened in in the Bulls game last night. But the question was: the 76ers are winning. With less than two minutes left in a game that you called a free win, a lot of and ball games. Uh, I'd like for your response. A lot like of ball to, to still response. be played. That's all I gotta say. I, but there's, you know, objectively, there's not a lot of basketball to be played. Well, yeah, I mean, we're only down three, and the Blazers came back down five against the Bulls with 15 seconds left. So, all right, I don't know if it's me, but you sound like shit right now, and maybe it's just because you're so fired up that you turned on your robot voice, but. Uh, you know, calm down. Stop talking like a robot. We get it, dude. The Pacers are garbage. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't even like the Pacers. They're so stupid. Alrighty, let's move on to uh the next guy on the list who you have, and this is a guy who we've been waiting for for a while. Give it to me. Yeah. So my last guy is Mr. Derek White. He's currently rostered in about 17.2% of leagues, but over the last couple days, he's gone up 7%. He was rostered at about 10% before. Um, It was announced that he was going to play last night. Um, This is a guy who we already saw miss time at the beginning of the season due to a toe injury. He came back and played one game at the end of December, and he re-injured that toe. So he missed just about the entire month of January, but last night came back to play against the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, in 22 minutes, he dropped 18 points, two rebounds, one assist, two steals with only one turnover, and that was good enough for um, 28 fantasy points. But I see um, him having more value, actually, in a categories league. 
Um, last year, interesting. Last year, he averaged eleven points, three rebounds, four assists, one steal, one block, one turnover, on forty-five percent field goal shooting and thirty-seven percent three-point shooting. So he's a guy that can get you. Um, I don't know about you, Colin, but a guy that can give me one steal, one block every night a game in categories. That's league, huge. Yeah, I love that. That's and huge. You know he's not going to kill you in turnovers. He shoots a decent field goal percentage. The Spurs themselves are kind of just a safe team, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they're, um, generally their guys are these, like, consistent um, robot-like players, honestly. And, yeah, I really like Derek White. Um, I, I picked him up in both our leagues, in the categories and the points. Um, he's on a minutes restriction right now, but I think that will get lifted soon. And I think, um, I think the people that maybe – um, lose the most from Derek White coming back are Lonnie Walker and Patty Mills owners. Um, yeah. Once Derek White comes back, he'll probably take that um, starting shooting guard spot from Lonnie Walker simply because Derek White and DeJounte Murray have pretty good chemistry with each other. So, yeah, I'm really liking him as like a rest of season yeah. type value. No, and I mean... I remember at the draft, it was known that he was a late-round steal, other than you'd have to wait out this injury, which obviously progressed because of the toe to be more than what we initially thought. But I guess, you know, he's played two games so far. He's looked good, 13.5 points. What what role is he going to play in this Spurs team? Because it's a weird Spurs team. I mean... They're, they're winning games, but I, I don't expect it to stay. I don't really expect anything out of the Spurs. I mean, I have always – I've been under the impression that they kind of just need to totally blow it up and get rid of DeRozan and Aldridge for anything they can. So, yeah, maybe give me a breakdown on, on what you see out of the Spurs team and how he plays into that picture. Yeah, so I kind of feel the same way about the Spurs, you know. I do think they should just, I think they're just, like, hesitant to say the end of the Pop era, you know. I think once they do decide to blow this team up, I think that might be the end of Popovich. And I don't yeah. think the Spurs want that yet. But you can't be, no, you're not, you never, say, you're not winning the championship say, around DeMar and LaMarcus Aldridge. They know yeah. that. Pop knows that. It's just a weird situation there. No, I, I think that's a good point. I, I will say that with Pop, I know he was – I think he was actually supposed to retire two years ago. Maybe last year was supposed to be his last year. And then his wife, like, really tragically and suddenly passed away. And so I think that's kind of just l- let him be in limbo. And if you're the San Antonio Spurs, you owe it to Greg Popovich to let him keep his job as long as he wants it. Yeah. I mean – Greg Popovich, in our lifetime, is the greatest coach. And yeah, no I doubt. don't think there's a question about it. Um, and I'd like to point out that Noah and I uh, missed most of Phil Jackson's Bulls championships. Otherwise, I would have to give it to Phil Jackson. But in our lifetime, Popovich, definitely the best coach. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, get get back to to this Spurs team, but yeah, I just wanted to point out that I I kind of think that's why this Spurs team is just kind of in the nebulous of being eleven and nine in a stacked Western Conference. Yeah, that's exactly where I think they're at. They're just a team that's always going to be around five hundred with their current roster. Um, they actually don't have a they don't have anyone on their team, Colin, scoring above twenty points per game. But they do mm, have can't do that. They do have eight guys scoring double digits, so that's like the <laughs> weird thing here. Um, Demar leads the team at nineteen point eight points per game, but he shoots he's shooting fifty percent this year too. Actually, really good. Wow. Um, and then they have they have three guys. They have four guys scoring fourteen points. Kelvin Johnson scores fourteen point five a game. Um, Dejounte Murray scores fourteen point eight. Patty Mills scores fourteen point three. And Lamarcus Aldridge scores fourteen point two, and it's just like the every guy on the Spurs you would almost want on your fantasy team, like because they're just that yeah. consistent, like fourteen points, five rebounds, three assists, you know, like one steal, one block a game. Like their ceiling isn't yeah. that high, but their floor 
and like relative to some of these bad teams is like pretty high. So I just like the Spurs as like a fantasy team to like feed players off of, you know? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think Derek White's like the most obvious long-term pickup out of any guy at this point. I mean, how rostered is he? Like, what's his percent? Um, He was at 17.9%, but up 7%. Yeah, yeah I mean, if, if you can get him, you, you gotta. Oh, damn, you already picked him up, you asshole. In both leagues. You... <laughs> Fuck you. I drafted Derek White with my very last pick and had to drop him because it just wasn't worth it. Uh, already, there is one guy that I want to give a quick shout out to that definitely needs long term pickup, and that's Thad Young. We've talked about Thad Young in the podcast before, but Wendell was out. Uh, he's had back to back forty point games. He'd been getting more minutes. Now he's going to get even more. I don't know if he's going to be in the starting rotation full time. Exactly how that's going to work, but expect him to start playing thirty minutes a game. And he's looked good. He uh he had the double double with rebounds and assists the other night and just couldn't get the points. Kind of sad, but we take that. But, I mean, he's a great facilitator, great vet. Uh, I think he's like forty five percent rostered or something. I don't know. Get him on your team. Get Thad Young. Take Can him. I shout out one more guy? No. Okay. Okay. Fine. Oh, um, wait, I'm wait, gonna twenty two percent rostered for Thad Young. That's really solid. Go pick him up. Yeah. Um, so my, our last guy, I'll do this real quick. It's um, Cody Zeller. I think he has rest of season yes. value. Um, he's currently 14% rostered. Um, uh, he broke his hand in the very first game of the year. So um, mm-hmm. whoever had him in your league probably dropped him because he didn't want to wait an entire month to get this guy again. Um, in his first three games back, he didn't play more than 18 minutes. But in his last three games, he's played 34 minutes, 26 minutes, and 30 minutes with – 15 and 14 rebounds in two of those games. Um, last mm-hmm. night against the Bucks, one of his harder matchups, he had seven points, 15 rebounds, seven assists, one block, and that was good enough for 39.45 fantasy points. And then against and one of the games on the Pacers this week, he dropped 39 and a half fantasy points. So I think Did this is the guy that, that dunked on Giannis. Oh yeah, he no, had a poster he, on Giannis. He too. dunked on Giannis. Yeah. So I think he's a guy who should be rostered in just about any league you're in, and I think. He could help you um, just about everywhere. He helps everywhere except steals. Yeah. No, you take that. No, yeah, I mean, he's awesome. And uh, he went to Indiana University. So yes, sir. that's kind of sexy. It's kind of sexy. I'm not affiliated with them, but if you go there, I automatically think you're cool. So do with that what you will. Um, Noah, I, I want to throw a little bit of a curveball at you. I see you have some short-term pickups written down. If you want to rattle those off really quickly, I think what might be a good use of our time, the time we have left, uh, I have some pretty significant players here who have sustained some sort of injury, and I think it, it might be a good use of our time if I kind of rattle off the injury, what it is, and then you give me a name of, of who should replace that person in, in that team, and then the fantasy value that that replacement might have. Okay. Do you think that'd be a good idea? Yeah, that's good. All right. Uh, do you want um, me to read my short-term pickups first? Yeah, I can just do it really rattle quick. them off, and if you have a comment or two about them, go for it. Yeah, so my short-term pickups are always based around uh, my teams to stream, basically, because these are mm-hmm. the guys you're going to want to be picking up. So I'll just read the whole list off real quick. Um, Royce O'Neal, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, Ennis Cantor, Justin Holiday, Ivaka Zubak, DeAnthony Melton, um, Xavier Tillman, until Jonas Valanciunas comes back. Desmond Bain, Derek Jones Jr., Doug McDermott, TJ McConnell, Marcus Morris, and Luke Kennard. Um, yeah, these are all guys that are on these teams that play on the low-volume days, and they're guys who are generally going to be available in your league that you're going to want to pick up. Boom. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, already then. So, yeah, all those guys. I mean, I, th- I we've probably mentioned every single one of those names on the podcast before. Yeah. I think the short term pickups right. guys generally don't change. Yeah. They I mean, change yeah, on they're, who they're plays the, the most games that week, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're always gonna be ten to thirty percent rostered and they all have different value, but you can figure that out, I believe in you. Alright, let's Already do these injuries. I've I've got like ten guys here, so we'll we'll try to move like fairly quickly, but but try to flesh them out as much as we can. Uh the Hawks had two fairly significant injuries. 
Bogdan Bogdanovich, shooting guard for the Hawks, uh, is, is going to be out. He had a knee, still in a brace. Uh, he's progressed to passing and free throw shooting. Um, that's what the Atlanta Journal has said. And also, you are familiar with this, but DeAndre Hunter went in under an MRI, which revealed an articular wear and tear in his right knee. And he's going to be reviewed next week following a non-surgical procedure uh, that happened this morning. What do you do with the Atlanta Hawks now that those two guys are out? Yeah, so if you have Bogdanovich, um, I think he's worth dropping, honestly. Um, I remember last year when he was on the Kings, he was generally dropped and picked up in our league. Um, if you have DeAndre Hunter, I would hold on to him. He's going to be reevaluated in a week. But I think this opens up an opportunity for guys like Cam Reddish and um, Gallinari, also Kevin Huerter. Um, So if you could get your hand on any of those guys, I think they would be generally good pickups because it'll be the entire league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know we got into it with the people on, on Reddit last week because there was a, a feeling that Gallinari should have been in our long-term ads section as opposed to our short-term ads. Do you think this definitively moves him? And, and we had talked about it, and we said there's some gray area there just because the Hawks are loaded and, and we're not sure, but we're going to lean on the side of um, keep it, keep him at uh, short-term. But we does this put him at long-term? Um, yeah, these injuries could give him long-term value. Um, I think, I think if DeAndre Hunter is out for longer than a week or two, then Gallinari should be an instant pickup along with maybe Cam Reddish. But, um, yeah, we had him as a short-term pickup because the Hawks were just really confusing with what they were doing. And he's, Gallinari is generally a four and they're kind of stacked at the four already. So mm-hmm. it was just a really confusing. But, yeah, if he can open up some minutes at the three for him, I think he's worth picking up for, like, rest of season, honestly. Yeah. Alrighty, Marcus Smart is going to miss two to three weeks because of a strained left calf. What do you do with the Celtics now? Yeah, so I think this op- opens up opportunities for guys like Peyton Pritchard and Jeff Teague, mm-hmm. really. Um, the Celtics are kind of deep at guard, but not with really good guards. Um, so Jalen Brown will still start. Um Kristen Thompson will probably start, so that could be a bump to him. But yeah, if Peyton Pritchard's available in your league, he's a guy I really like. Um, I would think about picking him up for this little stretch that Marcus Smart is out. Yeah. Uh, AD and LeBron are both listed as questionable for tomorrow night's game against the Hawks. What do you do with the Lakers, especially if both those guys are gone? Um, so you look to pick up guys like Montrezl Harrell and Dennis Schroeder, who will be seeing the majority of the usage that night. Um, another guy like Kyle Kuzma, who we know has no problem taking a bunch of shots, is also a pretty good option. But uh, other than that, I don't really like any of the play- Lakers players for fantasy value. Fair enough. Uh, last one we'll do because I know we're short on time, but OG Ananubi is going to miss at least a week and a half uh, with a strained left calf. What do you do with that Raptors roster? Yeah, so Norman Powell has been a guy who's actually been benefiting from these Raptors injuries over the last week. Um, he's really been going off. He had multiple 40-point games. And if he's available in your league, I would think about picking him up because the Raptors in general are playing better now, and Norman Powell is playing better in general. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, Alrighty. Colin, I have to update you. Um, I actually beat Simon. Thir- he what? scored one thousand three hundred fifty four point three. I scored one thousand three hundred fifty four point nine five. Let's go. Let's Good for go. you, dude. That's huge. That's huge. Now I have to update you. Uh, the seventy sixers beat the Pacers. Yeah. Okay. Um. You know, to thank you guys for tuning in this week. Um. Me and Colin love doing this. We love that you guys listen. Um. We appreciate everything you guys um do for us. And we'll see you on yeah. Wednesday. We'll be back Wednesday. Love you, fellas. Peace.